The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? This is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC, a member of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Um, it is just me, yet again, because, so, like I said from last week, um, Edward is currently kind of taking a little bit more work because of the fact that someone's on vacation. And, um, so because of that, uh, I believe the person's still on vacation. So, I believe this is the last week, and then Edward will be back with us next week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it happens. That's life, work, and all that stuff. Uh, update on me. Still, still unemployed. Um, so, still trying to, applying for jobs. Dude, like, it, the, the, and this is like one thing that I remember personally, especially when, um, when, uh, after, you know, I, I went very, I went for a very long time unemployed, and it's really frustrating because, you know, you feel like you have, like, a pretty good resume. Everyone tells you about your resume, about your background and all, like how great it is. And, and like, you know, it'd be stupid for anybody not to, not to give you a job. But then like you go into the, you know, you go into the job market and it is fucking difficult to find work. Um, it's insane. Like it really is like, you know, I think it's like, it's crazy that you have to go above and beyond to like find work, like to the point where you need you need to know somebody that's at that job that can probably put in a good word for you or, you know, have people, you have to hire people to like help you find work. It, it, it gets ridiculous to me because I'm like, if my resume is good, as good as people claim it to be, it shouldn't be difficult to find a job. Like if I'm looked at as a, as a qualified candidate, I feel like it should. And then there's also the other things where like, I'm in a position in life, and it's not because of, like, my finances are bad. Like, it's, the fact is, I need full-time employment. I need, you know, I need to be able to take care of myself. Like, working part-time isn't going to help me because, obviously, if I'm not, if I'm not working a lot, then I'm not getting paid. So, like, I need the security of a full-time job uh, that's also can provide me with health benefits and blah, 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 and all that shit. So a part-time job is not what I want. I, and I've made that very clear. And some places I've been like, well, we're only looking for part-time people. And I'm like, you know, and it's like, what's the point of requesting that I want a full-time job then? Like, that's the thing that always baffles me is like, I specifically put down, I want a full-time job and, <laughs> and I, and I still get like that. You know, it, it's really weird. Um, I'm actually right now in the middle of redoing my, my resume. As a matter of fact, I'm actually gonna do something complete, something I've never thought I've done, I would ever end up doing, which is I'm actually creating three resumes. Uh, one that's just gonna be like a regular resume, just gonna have my like my last three jobs, including my military background. Um, 
I'm going to have that there. And then one that's going to be sports specific. So like it shows my sports background. And I think that's going to be more towards when I'm applying for sports related jobs. And then I'm going to make one more, uh, kind of to help me out with like media. Um, I know like with, with the podcast, um, you know, but I want to be able to like, hopefully maybe, uh, help out with like a, a, a station or something like something easy, remote job type of thing. So I'm going to create three resumes that hopefully could alleviate the struggle of like all that shit. So I'm hoping that like making three different resumes can help like get, have like those keywords for like the, cause like another thing that like I've learned is that a lot of, a lot of, uh, jobs, like they just have your, they scan your resume. They don't actually look at your resume. They have your resume scanned and it, it finds keywords for them that would essentially make you a good fit for the, for the job. And so like, which that's really weird. I think if I'm ever in a situation where I'm the, the person looking for, for, I'm the one hiring, hopefully one day when this podcast blows up, um, I'm actually going to sit down and look at the resumes. I, that might sound stupid, might be a lot of resumes, but I would actually want to like sit down and look at the resume because like what I'm, what I've experienced, cause I've, this isn't the first time that I've been unemployed. Obviously, like during the pandemic, that was a whole struggle for me. And the frustrating part was just applying for job after job after job. And at that point, I wasn't even looking for sports jobs. I was just looking for regular ass jobs and, and like still was having such a struggle. And like, weirdly enough, now I have like the experience that I think would help me get it back, stay and continue being in sports. And it's like, no, it's not. And so it, that's like the frustrating part for me. But, you know, like I, I'm, yeah, I'm frustrated because like I'm still unemployed. It's, it's almost, it's almost going to be a month since I got, got let go from the dynamo and, and yeah, it's going to be frustrating, but like, obviously I'm going to try to be positive and, and all of that, but this is kind of like, I've been here before. I know a lot of people have told me if I'm going to, uh, submit, uh, apply for unemployment, which I, I did that also back in 2020. It was, it was cool, but the issue, so here's the issue that I have with unemployment. It's not a pride thing. It's a, it's a fact that they don't, they don't know how to track, track your, you know, if you applied for work, because like the system is basically what it is, is that it, it tells you, it, it, it makes you create an account with this, uh, like job posting site, uh, with the Texas, I'm using Texas workforce commission, obviously. Um, but essentially what that, I know I'm, this is, we're supposed to be talking about soccer and everything like that, but, uh, I'll, I'll get to that. But, um, yeah, so like they give you this website and you're supposed to like look for jobs there. Obviously at that time, my mindset during that time back in 2020 was I'm, I'm trying to work in sports. And so all the jobs that were on that site didn't have sports jobs, sports athletics related jobs. So I was like, okay, well, there's nothing here for me to apply for. So I went to the websites that I knew where I can apply for work, which is obviously teamwork online and job in sports and obviously also go into like, NCAA marketplace. So I went to those websites to apply for jobs. So when they, so whenever you're, you're requesting for your, for your unemployment deposit, it asks you like how many jobs have you applied for? And obviously I'm applying for a shit ton of jobs. So I'm applying, I put down like five, but the thing is there's no way of them tracking because they're using that job posting site that they recommended me for. And so there was a point where they were actually trying to, uh, say I was fraudulently uh, taking unemployment, which, like I said, that was just a whole, like, big issue that I just didn't want to deal with, and I know some people were telling me, like, maybe, maybe just 
do get on collect unemployment while you're looking for work, which I mean I wouldn't mind doing, but because of just how bad of an experience I had when I was unemployed, um, it, I just don't want to do that. Um, again, I it, honestly if if we if we go into August and I'm still unemployed, I might have to consider unemployment. Um, but it's it, it's just not not ideal for me because the like I said. It's very frust. It's a very frustrating process to get get your you know your money deposited into your account because of the the fact that like they don't they don't it's not like they give you other sources to apply for and it's like the the source that they apply and make you apply for if you don't apply for any jobs on that site they're gonna say that you're not applying for jobs even though you are using like Indeed uh other job searching sites so it's like very very weird system i think it needs to <laughs> there needs to be some fixing on that part um they don't even use linkedin like so it's like things like that but um yeah i mean aside from that man uh still looking for work um there's um trying to get trying to stay busy obviously with podcasting applying for, you know obviously while like i've been looking for work i've been trying to like help improve the podcast there's a little bit of an opportunity coming in that um, I'm very intrigued by. Uh, I'm, we're not going to go full on yet just because I want to make sure that, one, I'm not violating anything. Two, uh, I want to make sure that all, all of us are on board, Edward and Spencer included. So, like, once all that is checked, then, you know, we'll, we'll do, we'll, you know, once things go further down the road, maybe I'll tell you guys about it. But, but yeah, so um, aside from that, obviously, it's just going to be me recording this episode, uh, which I just, gave you guys eight minutes of explaining unemployment life i guess uh sorry about that but um we got transfer talk coming in we got some headlines uh we're going i'm gonna go ahead and recap the mls all-star uh just the mls all-star event as a whole i kind of have some thoughts on it and i want to i want to share it out to you guys um uh give you guys my thoughts on just mls all-star as a whole um and then it is the you know obviously leagues cup is going on there is no mls games going on so this is actually to me a perfect opportunity to really just like look at the mls uh look at the eastern and western conference and, and really like see like what is there to follow for mls so i'm going to so there's going to be uh, i'm also going to talk about the mls like midway point recap show you guys who's leading in the stats Who's who's a uh, possibly an MVP? Who's going to possibly win the MVP? And, and also maybe see anything that we should be following for the second half of the MLS season. Announce our players of the week. Uh, give you guys some games to look forward to this coming weekend. Um, and and then wrap the show up with my closing thoughts on something. I, I'm I'm still gotta f- figure that out. So we'll get there when we get there. But all right, I'm done talking. We're gonna go ahead and take. Well, I'm not done talking because I. Got a whole fucking podcast to do. So we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get going with Transfer Talk. Let me tell you guys about Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports is the internet sports bar. Go ahead and check out their website, www.bellyupsports.com, to read some great articles from great writers all across the country, from hockey, baseball, golf, soccer, you name it. Belly Up Sports is the premier, not your average, website. And we're back. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. Once again, on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. We try to post as much as we can on there, whether it's just dumb memes or just trolling me, uh, things of any, any of that nature. Um, yeah, 
I mean, obviously, if you guys, it, when we do our players of the week, you guys have a chance to vote on who you guys think should be player of the year. Uh, well, should w- should be winning player of the week. Obviously, all votes at the end go into uh the final decision for the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year award. So, if you guys want your voices to be heard for that, and as and, and much more, man, if you guys obviously you guys can go ahead and share your thoughts on any of our debate topics that we make. Also, if you guys want to give us a recommendation for a debate topic, you know, go ahead and send it there as well. So, once again, Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. Uh, we try to post as frequently as we can on that site. All right. So, transfer talks. We're going to kick things off with FC Barcelona. Because you know how much I like FC Barcelona. Uh, Oriel Romeo uh, is joining Barcelona. He is from Girona. Uh, it's an interesting signing. Um, I'm sure this is a signing where Edward's just like, what the fuck are we doing? Is Edward, look, if, if one, here's the, here's the way to go for Edward. If he doesn't know the player, then he's already going to say, what the fuck are we doing? If the player is old, he's definitely going to say, what the fuck we're doing? I don't know how old Oriol is, um, but I, let me go ahead and try to figure that out. Because, like, Edward is straight up, and then, like, obviously, uh, we're talking about a guy that plays played for Girona. Uh, so, he's he's definitely, like, okay, so yeah, he's 31 years old. Uh, defensive midfielder. Um, he, I mean, he did, he used to be with Barcelona at some point, at one point in his life, but like that, but like, just, just so you guys understand, Edward's thought process is one, who the fuck is he? So like, who, who the fuck is Oriol Ramon? Well, he's a defensive midfielder, uh, from Girona. And then two, how old is he? And he's 31 years old. So Edward's already going to not like this signing because like I like if if you guys haven't listened to like our previous episodes, Edward is only happy when a La Masea player or a former La Masea player, which I mean technically I don't, um, but obviously a young La Masea player, uh, comes to Barcelona. So Edward, I can already tell you, does not like this move at all, not one bit. He's he's probably gonna be like this guy's probably not gonna fucking play. So just pointing that out, as someone that has lived with Edward for, has known Edward for so many years, I can already tell you, he is not going to like the signing. I might, when he comes back, maybe I'll talk about it with him just to see what he thinks. But, uh, but that's, that's, uh, what's going on with Barcelona. But, so Barcelona gets Oriol Ramon, Romeo, uh, they get him, and in exchange, they send Pablo Torre, uh, to Girona on a loan. Uh, Pablo Torre is an academy player. I think for him personally, he's not probably going to be playing with Barcelona anytime soon. So he goes to Girona, gets better, you know, blah, blah, blah. Same shit that we hear from any of these big teams when they loan out a young player. Um, I think Edward is fine with that, obviously, because it's a loan. So they're going to get that player back. But like I said, Edward's not going to like the Romero part, the, the Romero part of the, of the whole Barcelona exchange. But, uh, that is going on. Uh, Shavi Simmons, who was, so, PSG activated their 6 million, 6 million, uh, buyback clause for Shavi Simmons from, from PSV. So he goes back to PSG only to get sent on loan to RB Leipzig, which, I mean, I'm just gonna sit, say there, a lot of guys do benefit from going to RB Leipzig. It, Leipzig has been kind of a really good place to develop players, and then they go on to, <laughs> to greener pastures. Um, Xavi Simmons has really gotten better and better, uh, for, 
you know, was a highly sought out player. It was like a highly looked at player. And then, you know, PSG just kind of let, let him just sit there. Uh, finally goes to PSV, has like almost like just a breakout. And, and now he's, we, I thought he was going to stay with PSG, but I guess PSG doesn't necessarily feel ready to have him yet. So sending him to RB Leipzig is a great move. It's a loan. So they're going to get there. Uh, clearly, like PSG sees something in Xavi. Um, but I'm really intrigued by his move to RB Leipzig. I might, I might actually watch him. I try to watch him when, uh, when Bundesliga starts up. Cause that's a, to me, that's an interesting signing right there. Uh, Kim Min Jae is officially going to Bayern Munich. He was with Napoli, part of that amazing season that Napoli had. Um, you know, just a highly looked at, uh, defender from, uh, from South Korea. And now he's making the move to the, German Giants Bayern Munich. It is interesting what Bayern Munich has been doing. I don't, I don't know if they've offloaded much, but it seems like Bayern Munich is trying to do something. And like I said, they're trying to compete. So we'll see. We'll see what uh what Kim Mijai could could do for Bayern Munich. Jordi Alba is joining Inter Miami. It literally seems like David Beckham and Inter Miami are just trying to get guys from whatever season. <laughs> Whatever season Messi won a lot of shit with, because Jordi Alba, Sergio Busquets, I think they're they're working on they're working on getting some more players. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> what's going on with Inter Miami? Because it is very interesting what they're doing. And once again, I I I don't know how they're doing this, um, especially with the DP rule. So if you guys don't know, DP rule, designated player for MLS, you're allowed to have three designated players. That their salaries do not count towards your salary cap. So, uh, which obviously every MLS team has a salary cap that they cannot go. Well, it's not that they can't go over the salary. I, I hate people saying that phrase like they can't go over the salary cap. They can go over the salary cap. They just have to pay a luxury tax. So, like, for me, I think Inter Miami probably has no problem doing this. Um, because the fact is that. Hey, if you get a shot at winning an MLS Cup with Lionel Messi, and all Lionel Messi needs is get is to get all his buddy. Lionel Messi is like creating the ultimate Adam Sandler project, except it's soccer. Like it, Lionel Messi is literally Adam Sandler right now. Like Adam Sandler, obviously, if you guys know in his movies, likes to have all his buddies play in the movies. They're they're all actually pretty good actors, but uh, like he always does movies with his buddies, and it's like. You got Messi now having his, like, you know, comes in and he wants his buddies to come with him to Inter Miami. You got Sergio Busquets, now Jordi Alba, like Tata Martino's coming in. Like you're, you're starting, it's like a, like almost like an Adam Sandler movie. I might, I might try to Photoshop some people's faces <laughs> on the, on the grownups, the grownups thing. But it, that's really what it looks like. It looks like Messi is essentially like doing a, his own like Adam Sandler buddy comedy. With at Inter Miami by comedically making MLS look bad, how good he plays. But to me, that's just the interesting thing. Like, so for me, I'm like I'm saying, it's not necessarily that like this. You know, once you once you hit that salary cap, oh no, you can't sign any more players. You can. You just got to pay a luxury tax. Or at least that's at least my understanding of of salary caps from just knowing NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball doesn't have a salary cap, but they have a budget, which is very similar to a salary cap. But like, it's just when you go over that 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 amount, you just whatever you go over, it's it, it's like it's like the same thing as like 
getting overdraft. Like, yeah, you went over this amount, and then plus an additional whatever you owe for getting going overdraft. So, like, I don't necessarily think that like Miami's violating anything. They just have to accept the fact that we're they're probably just gonna have to take take some fine. Well, take uh, you know take pay some taxes in order to to do what they want to do, which is obviously try to win an MLS Cup. Um, but it is intriguing what what's going on with uh, Inter Miami. Uh, Jao Felix has 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 said that he wants a Barcelona move. So obviously now currently playing with Atletico Madrid. Um, well, he was with Chelsea the previous season on loan. Come, now he's back with Atletico Madrid. Um, Jao Felix has just never been was never really a good fit for for uh, Atletico Madrid. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily on him. I think it's just how how um. How exact? How Jao? Uh, Jao? How Atletico Madrid plays? I just don't think he fits their play style, but he does fit to Barcelona's play style. So if if Barcelona, which I don't know how they're gonna do it because they're broke allegedly, um, but well, well, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But Jao Felix has made it clear. I think Atletico Madrid and Barcelona have Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Madrid have never shied away from making deals with each other, specifically towards Atletico Madrid. It's like they feel bad and just like give Atletico Madrid like yeah sure you can have this guy sure you can you can have Marco Llorente oh sure you can have Luis Suarez oh sure you can have David Villa you know like they they have really I don't know what you it is like forbidden I mean forbidden for a Barcelona player to go to Real Madrid just like a Real Madrid player to go to Barcelona like immediately after each other like you know it's different when they go play for somewhere else and then end up at Barcelona but like. For some reason, with Atletico Madrid, we're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. It's it's very weird. It's very weird. I don't get it, but yeah, that's how it's been. But yeah, Jao Felix wants to go to Barcelona, so we'll see what happens there. All right, Benjamin Mendy is joining Lorient. So if you guys don't remember Benjamin Mendy, Benjamin Mendy used to play for Manchester City. was was a fullback at, for Manchester City, I believe, on the left side. Um, he got hit with a lot of rape allegations. I mean a lot, like to the point where he was, he got arrested. Like he he was arrested uh, for this, and and it's it. I feel this is the part that annoys me because like the fact that he did get arrested, the fact that all this was done, it seemed like it was very clear that he did it. Now I'm not gonna say he did or did not. I'm not entirely sure if all because at the end of the day, sometimes a little hush hush money does help go go a mile away. Uh, but. This, this man has had his name dragged, and I mean dragged, through the mud because of these allegations. And I mean, I can't say I, I'm I'm not I'm not here play, you know saying that I'm a saint either because I've definitely been one of those people that has been dragging his name. Obviously, I'm not like a higher up media personality, but 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 like the the thing is with me and I and I've said this like whenever we talk about like sexual assault and and rape charges um the problem is with especially when when this happens is you got to take everything with a grain of salt and, and the reason why I say that even even for the for the people that are 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 saying that they they were raped or they were assaulted or any of that you have to take it with a grain of salt because we live in a world where we just we don't know if who's telling you the truth or not, and I always go back uh, to. Oh uh, man, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the on the football player's name, but uh, there was a football player for Baylor, Baylor University, uh, defensive lineman. Uh, uh, 
so he was uh, Sean Oakman. Sean Oakman. That 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 was his name. So Sean Oakman, he was his very like. If you guys need to remember a reference, there was a meme of Sean Oakman for quite some time because he was just this huge defensive lineman, and it's very scary. But like, so he was touted as a high NFL prospect. Uh, and then obviously he got hit with rape allegations and just was just going through court, just court, court, court. So finally his name was cleared because it, it was, it was found out that the person that accused him of rape was actually lying about it. Um, which obviously man's name was cleared, but at that point the damage was done as, 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 his chances of going to the NFL were basically done and over because I I think he was still trying to go into the NFL. I think he was playing like some spring league or something like that, but it just never came to be because I mean, it, 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 and also the fact of the matter is like I like I mentioned, like hush hush money does go a long way, but I don't think that's that was the case for Sean Oakman because he didn't get a chance to make money because he was he was playing college football at the time where you couldn't make money in college football when it was illegal, so like. For me, like that ruined his career. Like he never got a chance to go to the NFL. He never got a chance to live out his dream of, of of being a professional football player because this person accused him of rape. And and so we're finding out. And the, the thing that's like so much worse about it with Benjamin Mendy, which I mean, regardless, both of them are worse. But it was that it was multiple, multiple people that were saying this, and it it he his name gets cleared. And like I said, like take that. Like everything, you just gotta take it with a grain of salt at this point because you don't really know if 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 he did or did not do it. Like maybe he threw some money in there, maybe not. But at the end of the day, uh, his name is cleared. Obviously, he's not with Manchester City anymore. Um, and Lorient um ends up taking him. At, is he gonna be a good player? I really don't know. I mean, he hasn't been playing for a while now. Like this, the, the issue with Benjamin goes all the way back to when the podcast barely started. So this is like back in 2020. So it's been, it's been three years, three years since, since he's, uh, since he's gotten, since he's gotten to play. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's a lot of time. So that's going to be, it's going to be something to watch. I think obviously at the end of the day, he's going to be viewed as, as what, as what people think he is, which people are still going to think he did it. Um, and I mean, I can't tell you not to think it because like I said, we don't really know. Nobody was there. Nobody really knows. Um, but his name was cleared. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what happened. Uh, but I think I think we need to do better. I I think we need to do so much better when it comes to like, af- like athletes are like any sort of celebrity is like it's it's a really it's it's like now your name can get like dragged through the mud so easily by a, a simple allegation, and even if it's true or not. Like that's what you're gonna be viewed as, but uh, yeah, it's it's gonna it'll probably be a while before we 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 hear good things about Benjamin Mendy. It's gonna be a while before he's gonna be able to really clear his name, at least uh, probably to the media. I think Benjamin Mendy um, he's gonna have to focus on focus on himself and just ignore the noise around him because it's it's gonna be very it's gonna be very unpleasant for a while for Benjamin Mendy. Um, like I said. Even though his name is clear, people are not gonna people are gonna not believe it. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but Benjamin Mendy found a new club with Laurent. Uh Sergio Canales, he is leaving Real Betis to go and join Monterrey. That is very interesting. I, I'm gonna 
definitely be watching a little bit more League on Mackies to see what how Sergio Canales ends up climatizing to to uh, League on Mackies. Um, will he will he have the success of Andre Gignac, which is funny because that's his rival. That's going to be his rival with Tigres. Or will same thing that kind of happened with Dobbin. But we'll see what happens there with Sergio Canales. Uh, Riyad Mahrez is joining all all Ali. So he is another big name player from Europe that's kind of going up there in age that is going to Saudi Arabia. Uh, Harvey Barnes is joining Newcastle United. Manchester City are interested in Nicola Barella. That's going to, that's just, that's going to be a slap on the face to Inter Miami fans because, Inter Miami, Inter Milan fans, uh, for, you know, they beat you in the, they beat you in the Champions League and now they're going to take, take one of their best players. So that's going to be interesting to see there. Uh, Inter Miami are interested in Andres Iniesta. Like I said, if you're going to go all out, go all out, right? Uh, Benfica are interested in Santiago Jimenez. Obviously, Santiago Jimenez, uh, promising Mexican striker, um, currently is with Feyenoord and now has an opportunity to move up a league and go to Benfica, a big club in Benfica, by the, as a matter of fact. Um, could be a good move that could benefit him very much so. So we'll see what happens with Santiago Jimenez because I do think that he is definitely Mexico's number nine and I don't know why he didn't start. Um, uh, Aubameyang is joining Marcial. This is a very interesting move, uh, but he is leaving Chelsea. Another another Chelsea player leaving, um, and he's going to Marcial, which I'm sure he's going to be playing a little bit more. Um, I think their style of play is probably going to benefit Aubameyang a lot. So, very interesting move uh, from Marcial. Samuel Antetti joins Lille. He is he. I believe he's. I don't know what he's been up to. I know he hasn't really been playing with Barcelona. But, hey, he's, he's now back in France. He's playing for Lille now. Uh, Inter-Miami is interested in Luis Suarez. I think something just came up that Luis Suarez has to finish out the year before he can go to Inter-Miami. So, he he's not going to be able to join until next season. Which, I think, might benefit him better. Because then you can go to Miami, have an offseason, actually, like, get adjusted to the league. Instead of having to go, boom, right into the four-fire. Like, like Messi and Sergio Busquets are doing right now. And Jordi Alba. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And the last headline is Marcelo Sabitzer is leaving Bayern Munich to join Borussia Dortmund. I think that's actually a really good for a really good move for Dortmund. Uh, good good addition to the team. But that is transfer talk, and can't wait till Edward. <laughs> I can talk this with Edward. But uh, all right, so let's get to the headlines, man. The first headline. There's only two headlines this episode, but they're two big, really big headlines. So, Lionel Messi's debut, it, it has, it has finally happened. Lionel Messi is an Inter Miami player, but now he made his debut appearance for Inter Miami. And I mean, it was in the League's Cup, the opening match for Inter Miami, which was against Cruz Azul. The stars came out to come watch, uh, Lionel Messi. Let's not, let's, let's be real. They didn't come to go see Inter Miami. They went to go see Lionel Messi. But the stars came out. You had LeBron James, Kim Kardashian, Serena Williams, Sergio Aguero. I I think uh, uh, he's a YouTuber. I don't think many people know really know him that well. I mean, he's pretty big on YouTube. But he he's a he's the YouTube creator for Away Days. He's a, like a big like jersey collector, soccer jersey collector. Uh, big. Um, he goes and travels across across Europe to go watch games Away Days. Um, and he came to Miami to watch Messi's debut. He actually has a player-worn jersey of Lionel Messi, I believe. 
But aside from that, yes, he went to come, he went to go to Messi's first game. Um, pretty good, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the first game definitely did not disappoint. He did come off the bench, so he did not start this game. Smart move, I will say that he did come off the bench, and it was yeah, it, it was down. The, it was a one-one game. Um, I think I think if there's one thing to know, there's a reason why Inter Miami was last place, and I think we all saw that before Messi and Sergio Busquets came onto the field. Um, but Messi comes in and, you know, has like his flashes of, of, of movement. I think people, like, it's funny because people are like, I think people are learning about how Messi plays, which is Messi isn't like he's running 24 7. He's not sprinting everywhere. He, 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 he like studies the game. He studies the match. He studies how the team plays and he walks a lot. Yes, he walks a lot. But when it's his time to, to, where he finds his opening, you'll see him move. And I think that's just the way Messi has like evolved his game. Like he's just not that runner that he used to be when he was younger, but now he he analyzes the game. He just knows where to be at. And I think that just it just it just shows the the IQ of what Messi has. But you know, obviously, final minutes. If you guys don't know, Leagues Cup rules is if it ends in a tie in regular time, it goes straight to penalties. And in penalties, so it is kind of a tie. So each one gets a point. It's the same thing as soccer rules. But when you go to penalties. The winner of the penalties gets an additional point. So the winner would then leave with two points. And the loser would obviously get only have a point for the draw. But aside from that, okay. So we're in the final minutes. There's a, a foul that a foul happens in front of the, in front of goal, right outside the box. And if you got if anybody has ever watched Messi knows, Messi is very deadly, specifically from that from the region that the the free kick was placed. So Messi goes in, takes the free kick, scores the goal. Everybody goes fucking crazy, and Messi scores his first MLS goal in Messi fashion, and that is off a free kick. And people were just wild by the brilliance of Lionel Messi. And uh, so yeah, that happened. So some cool things about before I go to like talk about like the second game because you know the second game happened, which was a revenge game for Tata Martino against uh, Atlanta United, but. So, uh, Messi mentioned that the reason why he did not go to Saudi Arabia was because he loves football, which that's kind of like a jab at Ronaldo, who was trying to be a little hating ass bitch. Um, and then the one of the cool things, so there was an interview uh, that someone was talking about, like you know, oh, the whole Messi to the Inter Miami players, like the whole Messi thing, and you know, so a lot of the guys they didn't realize that Messi was now on the team chat, and there was a player looking for for tickets. So, and this may sound weird to some people, but like, depending on the club situation, some people might, some players might not, might have, are very limited to the tickets they get. Um, and so he was at, he was looking, one of the players, I think it was Campana, was looking for, was needing like an extra ticket for somebody. Uh, Messi just straight up messages in the group chat, like, how many, how many do you need? And just hooks up a guy. So like, Messi is already like all in with the team. Like, he's all about it. He's being the, a team player and all that. Like, he's just being a vibes guy right now, which is awesome to hear that. he And, like, him and Sergio Busquets, apparently Sergio Busquets saying that they love they love being in Miami. They love being in the team. They're actually going to – they really want to see this league grow. They, they've, they were saying, like, they believe this league has a lot of potential. They could be just saying that just to say that. But I at least I it feels good for me to hear that, for, especially for the MLS haters. But um, it was really cool to hear those things. Uh, Messi uh, – in their game against uh, Cruz Azul, uh, one of their players got injured, 
and uh, Messi actually like held the jersey of the teammate that got injured because obviously he was getting tended to. Um, so he held the jersey because he was like, "Hey, man, we got to remember that a teammate of ours got hurt." That just Messi is just fucking winning in all in all angles of this. He's winning in life because he got the deal of a lifetime with MLS, uh, a, a deal that could promise him promises him a potential club in the future. So that's just really cool. But let's talk about the second game. So the second game, it's Atlanta United. So Joseph Martinez's former team, uh, Tata Martino's former team. So there, there's like a lot of connect, at least for Tata Martino. This is like a, a revenge game for him. Not really a revenge game because I think he left in good standing with them. But for Joseph Martinez, it's definitely a revenge game. Um, but, and I mean, they just, they just outclass Atlanta United like 4-0. Messi scores two goals. This time he starts this game. And it's funny that they had to announce that Messi was going to be the captain for Inter Miami. Like, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> but hey, Messi's the captain. So in case anybody needed to be assured, Messi's captain of Inter Miami. In case you just didn't need to, in, 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 in case you were wondering, huh, Messi's now with the club. I wonder who's going to be captain of Inter Miami. Just in case you wondered, yes, Lionel Messi is captain of Inter Miami. I don't know why they had to post that, but it happened. Um, but yeah, they just outclass Atlanta United. So Inter Miami is going on to the next round of the League's Cup, which is, is just a turnaround. Cause with Messi on the field, the team looks completely different. It's crazy. Like, uh, how, to give you guys a reference. So when I saw Hector Herrera's debut with, with the Houston Dynamo, that team was shit. And when, and then when Hector Herrera was playing with them, they were actually a pretty decent team. This team that Messi has, they are literally on the bottom of the fucking table for MLS. And they were playing fucking amazing. So, yes, Messi scored two goals. But, I mean, you know, another, uh, I believe Taylor was the one that scored the other two. So, like, Messi is, I think, has, has and that's along with Sergio Busquets. A lot of people need to, like, man, give some props to Sergio Busquets because, I mean, the dude is a very underrated center defensive midfielder. As much as I want to hate to admit that. And also a very good captain when he was with there with Barcelona uh, near the end. But like, yeah. And and now you're going to throw in Jordi Alba into the mix. Maybe Andres Iniesta. Um, not Luis Suarez. We know that. But like, I think Sergio Ramos is another one that's being, being thrown out there. So like, it is getting interesting in Inter-Miami. Um, I have to really think about that. Oh, but by the way, uh, props to Messi. Uh, you know, freaking DJ Khaled's son was one of the mascots for the pregame. You know, when you what? So if you guys don't know, the the kids that walk with the players for like national anthems and all that, like they call them mascots. So like DJ Khaled's son was the mascot was a mascot, and he was with Messi. And this kid is crying, and Messi's like seeing him crying, and he's just like, "You good, buddy?" Um, so it's a very interesting interesting situation there. Uh, what? yeah, so I had a, had to take a call, so I'll, I'll apologies for that one. But yeah, uh, kind of going, kind of summing it up with, with Messi though. Um, yeah, the, the first two games, uh, for Inter Miami with Messi, one coming off the bench and then the other one, him being a starter. Uh, he's just showing a master class. I don't know if it's necessarily like Messi's just better than the league. I, he, he, he was doing similar things like this when he was playing with Barcelona and same thing. Doing the same things that he probably at a different, at a higher level, but like kind of going to like if I want to use like a more accurate, I mean he was doing this in League Un, like what he what he's doing right now with with Inter Miami was doing the same thing with League Un, so I I, I don't necessarily think that the MLS is just like 
subpar in any way. I mean, some people are going to say that because of Champions Like, if you're going to use Champions League, then yeah. Um, but I think it's just Messi is Messi. He's a special player. He knows how to lift people up with him, around him. I think, I think I, I, you can give praise to Messi with, without having to, like, devalue the league. And I, I think that, like, no matter what, we're gonna have people that are just gonna hate MLS. And it, the perfect depiction is the, is the video of when Messi got subbed off and, like, Inter Miami, like, the, the crowd in, in the, in, in Inter Miami Stadium just, like, immediately just, like, started leaving. Some people are like, oh, they're fake fans. I mean, hindsight. Your win, your team's winning 4-0. Uh, it's almost near the end of the game. Traffic is always going to be a bitch, especially after a game. So I think, on hindsight, a lot of people are just trying to beat out traffic, which is kind of ironic because, like, had you stayed, you probably had a better chance at beating out traffic because, like, a, gr- a good chunk. So, like, I will say it, it is definitely ma- a vast majority of people was because Messi was out of the game. Like, okay, I'm done watching this game. Like, the rest of the game is going to suck. So, like, I can see that op- that view. But, like, it, it, yeah. It, like, I think people are just going to find ways to make the league look bad. It's kind of like in the MLS All-Star game where they try to make Jill look bad when they were like, oh, here's uh, her, uh, Jill with her interview interviewing uh, Sokka. And then it was, you know, Balagun that, that, was, that was the one of, that was appearing on it. Like, I don't, I will say, I think that was an error on the camera team, not necessarily an error on Jill, um, but like, but obviously when you have someone that hates MLS or just hates American, like American soccer culture as a whole, like they're going to find ways to shit on it. And so like, I think when people saw that, like, oh yeah, this is clearly like, they're only here to see Messi. But then you have the MLS stands that like saw this, like, why the fuck are you leaving? And it's like it's fucking few minutes, you got 15 minutes left in the game, it's it's 4-0, like, you know, there's nothing, unless, like, all of a sudden Atlanta United could just shit out fucking five goals, like, nothing's gonna happen in that, in those 15 minutes, so I don't necessarily want to say that, oh, it's fake fandom, because I know a lot of people, like, if it's a blowout game, I'm I'm not staying for the whole, for the rest of the game, like, I and that's with any sport, I do that with American football, I do that with baseball, I'll do that with basketball. Like, if the game's ugly, I'm not going to sit there and watch it. But, like, yeah, I think it was very, it was, the the, the the telling sign was the fact that Messi got subbed off and then people started leaving. Like, after that, they're like, okay, I'm done watching Messi. So, like, yes, the vast majority was definitely because of Messi leaving. I think the other, the other one is the fact that people were probably leaving to beat out traffic. But mostly it was because Messi was leaving. But, uh, so far, Messi's influence in the MLS has been massive. It's been great for the league. Um, the The hope is that it's going to once Messi leaves, that people stay. That's going to be like the real indication of how well the Messi project in MLS ends up working. But we'll see what happens there. But like so far, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Messi and Inter Miami. And the last headline is Mbappe. So we talked about it last episode. Mbappe and PSG are kind of in a, a little duel right now if you will of what what Mbappe wants to do this coming season so if guys don't remember Mbappe signed a contract that a lot of people viewed as lucrative that he was getting control of the club in some sense um it was a two-year with a third-year option so obviously if you guys think about it 
he's going into second the second year of his contract, the last year of his contract, if he chooses not to trigger that third-year option. Well, he decided that he's not going to trigger that third-year option. As a matter of fact, he plans on playing out this last season, make this his final season, his swan song with PSG, and then leave as a free agent and to go sign wherever else he wants to go. Um, PSG was like, yeah, that's not fucking happening. And respectively so. Everyone is trying to, to criticize PSG for like, how are you going to let your best player, your, your, your best, your club's best player not leave on, on his own terms? Cause you don't want him to leave on his own terms. If you have a player on the lay, on the, on the label, on the level that Mbappe is at, you're not going to let him leave for free. You're just not. You sp- you've paid this man a lot of money, and you're gonna let him leave with like nothing. Like you get nothing out of giving so much to this guy. And, and like, I I I'm I'm on PSG for once. I'm on PSG side. But the reason why I say that is because like, you're you're not supposed to fucking just like leave like that. Like. If if Mbappe leaves, like people are gonna say PSG is so fucking stupid for letting this guy just walk out, which they almost did. They they also they they were saying a lot of this. It's funny because we're having deja vu from last year, but a lot of that shit happened last year when Mbappe was like preparing to leave PSG to go to Real Madrid, and, and everyone was like, "Man, PSG is so stupid. They're just really gonna let him just walk out and get and go play for Real Madrid and get nothing in return." And what did PSU? They gave, they went in all in, gave up, they, they had to get desperate. They went fully desperate, gave him this crazy contract. The only thing that they didn't do right was make sure that it was a multi-year, like a multiple year contract and not a fucking two year with a third year option contract. But like, so in, the PSG did what they needed to do to keep Mbappe. And then, you know, Mbappe plays last season. He's, there's a lot of frustration with Mbappe because the reality is PSG is just not a contending team. That's just the truth. PSG will not be competing. PSG is not a team that can win Champions League. They're a team that can win League on, but they can't win the Champions League. I don't the day cha- PSG ever wins the Champions League, there's got to be like so like pro- point proven. The best shot that PSG had at winning a Champions League trophy was during 2020 during the pandemic. When there was no fans in stadiums, when it was just a one-game playoff, a one one-game knockout, so there was no, you know, you, you know the there's no aggregates, there's no two games, it's only one game. You play one game and you had no fans. That was their best case scenario to win the Champions League, and they lost to Bayern Munich, and they haven't been able to get close ever since. So that should tell you. About PSG's chances of winning a, a, a truly winning a PSG, tr- truly winning, truly winning a Champions League title is that they had to, they had to have COVID restrictions in order to have their best shot at winning it. So let that sit in, let that sink in for you if you're a PSG fan. But Mbappe realized he's not going to win a Champions League. You're, he, he's not going to get these accolades. He's not going to be looked at as a Ballon d'Or winner at PSG. We just, he just had to see his hoping, hoping to be his nemesis, Erling Haaland, 
make the jump from Borussia Dortmund to, to Manchester City, which a lot of people believe that he wasn't going to be the same player that he was at Borussia Dortmund with Manchester City and proved all of them wrong by breaking the Premier League goal scoring record by winning the, the uh by winning the Premier League by winning uh the FA Cup by winning Champions League Erling Haaland in just one year with Manchester City a big club in in the EPL viewed as the best league in the world he got his not only won the Premier League broke a record, and then goes ahead and wins a Champions League. And now, Erling Haaland definitely is viewed as a as a, as, as, as a contender for the Ballon d'Or. And Mbappe knows that he has no shot at winning the Ballon d'Or at PSG. He needs to make a move like Erling Haaland did by going to, to a club like Manchester City. I'm not saying he has to go to Manchester City because that would be stupid. Him being teammates with, with Haaland would just be unfair. But also, it would be counterintuitive because that, like, they're not, they're, one's gonna win, win over the other. But like, Mbappe needs to go to, go, one, go to a league that's competitive, not like, not like League Gun. And two, needs to play for a club that can help him contend for titles. Specifically, the Champions League. And PSG knows this. And that is why PSG ends up giving Mbappe the ultimatum of, Either you sign an extension with us, or we'll sell you to the highest bidder. Now, there's a little two-parter with the whole highest bidder thing. Because one, yes, they can accept a transfer fee, but the second part is that Mbappe has to agree to terms with that club. So, I mean, not just any... So, like, just because you offer the money to Mbappe doesn't necessarily mean that Mbappe has to sign with you. There's nothing that says that he has to sign with the club. So, but that limits Mbappe with who he essentially can negotiate with because not all, every club's going to want Mbappe, but not every club could afford Mbappe. And I mean, even with the whole, if you remove the transfer fee off, like you still have to pay a salary, you know, you still have to pay him a salary and there's still certain teams that cannot pay that salary. So like, but obviously the teams that could pay a salary are teams that hit that meet the meet the qualifications that he wants. One, has to be in a competitive league. Two, has to be able to contend for titles, i.e. the Champions League. And three, it has to fit it has to be his best fit possible. It has to be fit Mbappe to the best situation possible. He cannot go to a club that's dealing with, with drama. He can't go to a club that's dealing with an identity crisis. He can't go to a club that is dealing with coach issues, has ownership issues. He needs to go to an ideal situation, kind of like what Erling Haaland got with Manchester City. Because Manchester City, great situation right now with the club. They're the best club in English in the English Premier League. Has the best coach in the world. Their situation, their their backups can win the Premier League. So like, er, you know, so he needs to go into an ideal situation that would one give him a chance of winning a Champions League. Being a competitive league that people can respect, especially when you're talking about Ballon d'Or, people that are going to be voting for Ballon d'Or, and he it has to be a good fit for him. Like the club has to fit for his skill set. So obviously, the fact that now Mbappe ended up not ex- chose not to extend, they gave him a deadline. It, the deadline came. He said he wasn't going to extend. So PSG was like, "All right, we're going to hear out some offers." Which when they said that, PSG also left Mbappe in France as they were heading over to the Japan tour. 
if you're not going on the on the preseason tour, that's just that's just your club your club telling you you're not going to be part of the club anymore. Um, and so there has been some clubs that have come out. I'm just gonna go ahead and say, oh hello, any team in the Saudi league, look, it, they can afford Mbappe, they can afford his salary. But I'm gonna tell you this: why why Mbappe would not go? Which I mean, I think Mbappe's already made it very clear he does not want to go to Saudi Arabia. That one season could literally hurt him the most because if he goes and plays one year in Halal, one he's wasting one year of his of going into his really good years uh, as a soccer player. So that already hurts him in a bit. He's going into a league that's not competing for Champions League. Al Halal, I don't know if they're if they're the ones that won the 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 the, the Asian Champions League, whatever. So as far as like a world, if you have a World World Cup, which I mean they're still not going to win it. Even with Mbappe. But they're not competing for a Champions League. Third, it's Saudi Arabia. It's a league that the voters for the Ballon d'Or is not going to look at, not recognize. So his chance, he's going to miss out on a chance of winning a Ballon d'Or. And, and for, it, the, the money's the only reason why Mbappe would go. There's no benefit as far as like, like elevating his career that Saudi Arabia would do it. The only thing would be that he would just have to take, if he does go to Al Hilal, like, He's just gonna have to like, you know, bite it, take play the one year, and then go go somewhere where where it fits him. But I mean, if you were to compare that to like staying with PSG and just riding the bench for a whole season, I mean, yes, he's playing, but it's basically the same scenario. He's he's gonna be, one, and that's the thing. He's gonna be one step back, right? Because if he's away from from top European football. Erling Haaland continues to rise his stock as being one of the best, probably being this generation's greatest player of all time. So, like, Mbappe cannot afford to miss out on European football if he goes to all hello. So, Saudi League, I'm, that's my stance. I'm going to stick with that. If you guys don't like what you're hearing, well, that's my thought. Like, I don't, I think that it's going to hurt Mbappe grotesquely badly for him if he does not go, if he does not stay in Europe. All right, Chelsea. Stay, stay the fuck away from Chelsea. Um, Pochettino could be a good coach, but Todd Bowley is, is a moron. Like, I mean, he hasn't done anything to prove to me that he's a good owner, that he actually understands the league, any of that stuff, or, nor that he cares. So, like, yeah, they're, they're kind of getting rid of players, they're adding new players, uh, and Cuckoo is an interesting, uh, uh, position. It, there's a, there's some promise with, P- with Chelsea, but, I, I don't think you want promise. You want for sure that they're going to compete. And I don't think Chelsea is that. Manchester United, I think could be a good situation, but we're also talking about a current ownership, uh, issue going on. I think they're, they're trying to buy out the owner, the, the, the Glazers right now, but I, I haven't really heard much about it. So like the ownership situation, not ideal for Manchester United. Also, they're not competing in Champions League. Um, or are they? I don't remember now. Is it Manchester? Is Manchester United in Champions League? Uh, let me see. Oh, fuck. Uh, let me see. Where did Manchester United finish last season? This is great podcasting. Um, standings. Twenty-three. Okay, so they are okay. They are in Champions League. So Champions League, good coaching situation. Obviously, Ten Hag. I think he's going to be a really good coach. Um, I mean, you have. You have Jaden Sancho and and uh, and Anthony on, on the wings for to provide support for you. Um, 
midfield could be kind of a question. I mean, well, midf- midfield, some people say it's good. Some people say it's kind of questionable. Um, but pro- you got a good goalkeeper now in Onana. Well, you, you had a good goalkeeper anyways with, with De Gea, but now you have Onana, so you have, you still have a good goalkeeper. Um, potentially have a good backline if you get rid of Maguire, if you just stop playing Maguire. Um, but yeah, Manchester United could be a good situation for him. Tottenham. <laughs> the fact that Tottenham, like, even tried to, like, throw their name, throw their names on the, throw their hat in, um, is hilarious to me. Um, you're, uh, yeah, um, um, yeah, it's not, not gonna be the ideal situation. I just don't think, uh, Tottenham's gonna, Tottenham is not gonna help you win trophies. So that, that's just, that's just gonna be it. Like, look at Harry Kane. Harry Kane should probably be the indicator that you're not gonna win shit. Barcelona's allegedly broke, so I don't know why they're, they throw their hats in if they're fucking broke. But, uh, I mean, they're gonna be in the Champions League. They're in a league that, uh, that the Bondor voters do respect. Xavi is a really good coach. Um, but I don't know where you're gonna play him. Are you playing him on the wing? Because you have Robert Lewandowski, which, I mean, it would be what Mbappe would want because Mbappe has stated that he would like to play on the wing. He, he feels that that's his best position. So maybe Barcelona has something that could offer him that opportunity. Um, the question would be, can Barcelona help him with the Champions League? And I don't know if they could because, I, I mean, uh, recently their Champions League runs have not looked great. Uh, Inter Milan. There's a lot of question marks with Inter Milan right now. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a good situation for him. It is a, a respectable league, but there hasn't been many Ballon d'Or winners that have come from Italy in a while. So I would take that with a grain of salt. Real Madrid. And this, this is probably just going to be me being like a literally just a fanboy of Real Madrid and just being very biased towards La Liga and very biased towards Real Madrid. But obviously I've wanted Mbappe since fucking ever. Um, but Real Madrid obviously has the pedigree, has a great coach in Carlo Ancelotti. It, when Carlo Ancelotti leaves to go to, to go coach Brazil, you're going to have Xabi Alonso. Well, you're going to either have Xabi Alonso or Zanini Zidane. So that's still a really good coaching situation. You are going to be part of a three headed monster of an attack with Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr. So in this scenario, Mbappe would play at that number nine position, but you're talking about Probably the youngest and most dangerous front three you're ever going to see behind a very loaded midfield with a very good defense with one of the best goalkeepers in the world in Thibaut Courtois. You're going to have a chance. You're going to have a, a great shot at winning Champions League. You're in a respectable league. You have that, that has had Ballon d'Or winners in that club. So outside of Cristiano Ronaldo. So. Your best bet is probably going to be Real Madrid. Real Madrid does have the money to buy Mbappe. I think of, of anybody, it just checks off for P- whatever PSG needs, which is one, the money to get, to get something out of it for, for Mbappe. Mbappe gets to go to a club that has the respect from the Ballon d'Or uh, voters, has a chance at competing for, in a league that's going to be respectable in a, a team that's probably going give to give him a good shot at winning the Champions League. And what Real Madrid gets is a player that's going to help him win the Champions League. And so, 
imagine a Champions League final where it's Manchester City versus Real Madrid, and you have Erling Haaland and and Kylian Mbappe facing off at the nine position, face to face, and this could this could be the rivalry of the century. I mean, the next best thing would be if if somehow Arsenal gets him, and Arsenal and Manchester City are just battling it out for Premier League, Carabao Cups, FA Cups, Champions Leagues for years and years to come. Um, could also be a thing, but I think I think he, one he needs to stay in Europe. He needs to stay either in Premier Premier League or La Liga or Bundesliga. I think are like the leagues that could be respectable enough for the Ballon d'Or. Ballon d'Or. I'm I'm thinking for Mbappe for Ballon because. Mbappe wants to eventually win a Ballon d'Or, so he's going to be in a league where there is going to be respectable leagues that can help him, hopefully, beat, win a Champions League, leagues that he can win league titles in, and, and so, and then obviously he has to play for clubs. My bad, sorry, clubs that could help him get to where he wants, which I once again is be considered one of the best player, be this generation's goat along with Erling Haaland, and be part of that future goat debate with Erling Haaland because. You know, like I said, if he stays at PSG, he's just not going to get, he's not, he's not really going to go any further. Um, with Al Halal, it's just, I mean, yes, he'll eventually, he'll leave after one year, but also he's, that's, that's one year where he's going to be falling behind. And I don't think he wants to fall behind. Like, I think he wants to compete at the highest level possible immediately. And I, I think realistically, Real Madrid is going to be the club. And the reason why I say Real Madrid, Besides the fact that I'm just going to be fucking biased. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I just got a funny message. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, that, that, that threw me off. Um, the reason why I say this is because Real Madrid is, uh, like I said, They've made it very clear that they want Mbappe. As a matter of fact, they still haven't signed a number nine. And I think it's because they're waiting on what happens with Kylian Mbappe. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that they're bored. They're bored of what they want. Kylian Mbappe is number one. Number two is probably like Harry Kane or, or, uh, is Osman still, still available? I don't know. Well, he, they're looking at all the possible number nines, but right now Kylian Mbappe is their top nine option. That's who they want. They think that that's the guy. If not, then go to Harry Kane. If not, go, go keep going down the road. But they want a true number nine, and they feel like Mbappe is that number nine for them. So, like that's that's my big giveaway. That I think that that's why um, Real Madrid is going to be the team that gets Kylian Mbappe at the at the end of this summer transfer window. Hopefully, at the end of the summer transfer window, because um, we're kind of going near the end of that. But yeah, um, that's that's headlines. So. I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get going with uh, my recap of the MLS All-Star Week. Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLYUP20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show 
show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you got glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with the titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. So what are you waiting for? Save 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. And we're back. All right, man. So MLS All-Star Week. Uh, The way I'm going to do this is I'm going to break it down into segments of, like, events and then, like, share what I think and, like, maybe what I liked about it and what I didn't like about it, just just so you guys have some idea. But the first thing I want to talk about is a celebrity all-star game, which I think they sort of kind of had one. It was, like, this 5v5 tournament, but I think it was for something else. I don't think it was, like, MLS-related, or if it was, then I don't know why MLS didn't promote it or, or like, had it... Uh, because I think Eli Lesser had a team as well as like the Cooligans did, um, but like I didn't, I couldn't watch it. I'm, maybe it was on TikTok, which I mean, if that's the case, then like what the fuck are we doing? Like you had, you have a contract with Apple TV, you couldn't have that featured on Apple TV. Um, so, but uh, yeah, so I feel like that was a missed opportunity. If it's the five v five tournament, I think that's still pretty cool. I think like getting like celebrities to like recruit a team of like former players as well or or even just scrap that and do like a 11 v 11 game maybe like 20 minute halves or something like that um would have been fun because i will honestly tell you one of my favorite things from like uh like nba and like major league baseball is that celebrity game like i really enjoy it it's a lot of fun to watch i wish nfl had like a celebrity flag football game because like it is fun to watch like celebrities play and especially like if at the end of the game, it's like there's a charity involved with it. Like, you know, like at the end, uh, whatever was, whatever gained, uh, I don't know how, what, how they did it, but there was some sort of donation involved. But like, uh, or like, I guess if we, if you were to do like the 5v5 turn, the, the five aside tournament, like, you know, the winner gets a check that's going to go to a charity of their choosing, you know, like that would be pretty cool to see done. And so, um, I think just being able to promote a celebrity all-star game would have been pretty, would, would have been pretty cool to have. Um, and then promote it and then have it like accessible for people to watch. Like whether it was on Apple TV or posted on your Twitter or posted on MLS's Twitter or posted on MLS's YouTube channel. Like have it somewhere where people can watch it. Cause one, if they, they did have the five aside tournament, the only reason why I knew about it was because Eli Lesser, uh, was promoting it himself. And I think the cool, the Cooligans also promoted their team on it. Uh, on their own platform so like if they're able to promote it and like like give us like a way to view it or like have a better understanding of it but yeah uh i think yeah they kind of flopped on that one uh the mls all-star the mls next all-star game so mls next is the league for the academies so they go across the mls next and look at the you i believe it was just u17 players but i could be wrong on that but they looked at all the all the, the best players from the u17 age group and um 
they had it they had the game watchable to be viewed on TikTok, which once again I think that you have this partnership with Apple TV, use Apple TV, or once again put it on your YouTube channel. I don't know why, like y'all like I guess it's cool to have it on TikTok, like let my fucking phone burn out because it's being the battery's getting killed. But like like let's have it on YouTube, let's have it on Apple TV, let's let's make it like let's let's let, like the reason why I say that is because like I know MLS next, at least for Generation Adidas Cup and for the playoffs, like they had games that were able to be viewed on Apple TV. So it is capable it is possible being able to be done and the reason why like i kind of want to i'm a little bit like hitting it a little bit hard because like especially with the age group of u17 like this is where the the guys are now kind of have their fork in the road where they have to decide what what's going to be their next step in their in their careers whether it's to go to college or go elsewhere or get an opportunity with the club that they're they're currently playing for um and so like i think that they need to be able to showcase these guys a little bit more. Shout, shout out to Tate Lampman. He he went to go represent the Houston Dynamo. Great kid. Uh, definitely one of my favorite parts of working for the Houston Dynamo was just in general was the the guys, the kids in in, in the academies. But like Tate was a really cool guy. Really, really hope for the best for him. But MLS MLS next All Star game definitely could a lot more could be done. The skills challenge. I'm gonna say this. It was fun, but. It, it got like a little bit repetitive. I, I think you can do, you can only do so much, uh, hitting targets, I think. Or, you know, and, and, and I, and I get that it's tricky and everything like that. Um, I mean, the, I will tell you, man, the, the crossbar challenge, that was very anticlimactic. Like, I, it, it, it felt like an eternity at one point, especially cause like, you had to like, you know, especially from like the last. Also, like for me, because so the rules were for for the for the crossbar challenge. So they accumulated all the points from each phase of the of the skills challenge, and then the winner. The, then like so, each each event won was a point for the team. So I think at the end, uh, I think um, I think uh, Arsenal had like. Three points, three points somewhere around there, and and uh, MLS had one. Some, I think something like that, and um, and so at the end, so you had that first level where you had to hit from the crossbar. So they're hitting from the crossbar. Obviously, Arsenal, all they really need to do was to hit twice off the crossbar from that level, and then they got to go to the second level, which won them the game. Which I was like, that seems a little quick. But then you know, as Arsenal's trying to hit the crossbar from that from that further section uh the mls all-stars were able to catch up uh and then go to start kicking from the from that from that point for the crossbar challenge and at that point it just dragged like it really dragged like it got really really boring at near the end so like at that point i didn't really care who fucking won like at this point i just get it over with so i think maybe changing up the games a little bit would have been um, I think the the touch challenge. I really like that one, but I'll I'll say with the with the challenges that require crosses, um, you know, crosses in general, like same like the the touch challenge and I believe the the crossing challenge, like those two challenges, like I think it benefits to have like maybe assigned 
people to do the crosses. Like, not necessarily have, like, the MLS All-Stars cross it for the MLS All-Stars and then the Arsenal player. Because, like, the thing is, it's kind of similar to, like, and this is kind of a gripe that I have with the, with the, with the home run derby. Because, like, um, the guy who pitches for you is somebody that you choose to pitch for you, usually from the ba- from the baseball club, and and obviously like so that and those guys become a factor. And as a matter of fact, I believe uh Pete Alonso ended up losing, got eliminated in the first round of the home run derby because the guy that normally would pitch for him in BP uh was sick. So the guy that had to fill in for him who has never done uh BP pitches in an all in a home run derby setting. So that caused like so I think that like if you have like some sort of common factor like if you had the same guy throwing BP maybe not having the same maybe using a uh the you know the 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 ball the the ball machine the pitching machine maybe that would have been just, that that's MLB all star but I just want to use that as an example so I think like having the same guys like you know maybe the same for both teams to like cross over would have been probably because you you would get the same the same thing or what what they had in in the in that touch challenge was that there was a machine that this person had to just put the ball in and the guy could like I mean I feel like that could have been something that could have been looked into like just having that same machine just put in the right angle make sure you guys do your due diligence and make sure it's going in the right the same the right location and then. So that way everyone's using the same, it's all the same parameters. There's like no difference aside from just the person taking the shot or attempting to take the, the, do the touch. Uh, but like, I think that there needs to be like, you can't, cause like, that's going to be something that factors in like, Oh, I didn't win. I didn't win this event because my crosses weren't as good as the crosses from the Arsenal team from their players. So like, get rid of all those like, you know, question marks by having everyone be put in the same situation, I think would have been better. But I think that we need to change the games up. I think a trick shot challenge would have been really cool. Um, I think that that would have been kind of like the home run derby slash slam dunk contest is like having, having them do like, you know, trick shots, kind of playing like a game of horse, if you will, of like trying to replicate like a trick shot or maybe just like kind of like a slam dunk contest, like, have players do trick shots, have like a, a judge of like of celebrities and like former players and, and have them rate like each each trick shot. That would have been, I think, a, a fun event. Uh, but I, like I said, like I think it was just dragging at one point. It was a lot of repetitiveness because you were shooting a lot of once again, it's a lot of target hitting. It's just target hitting. And so, like, it gets repetitive. And like I said, at the end, I was just wanting this thing to be over with. I really didn't care who won. There was no benefit. Uh, it was. I. It was cool to see Arsenal win it. I guess, but like, it, it just. It just. It just felt like it dragged at that point. And I didn't really fucking care. Um, at the result, but the skill challenge definitely probably needs to be done a little bit more creatively. I think probably can do some things differently next year. Um, but I will say this: goalie wars. Give me more goalie wars. I love that. Make the make it bigger. Let's have more te- more more players involved. Let's have players from the opposing. Uh, like, why didn't we have like our, the the MLS All Star goalkeepers take on the Arsenal All Star players? Like, I, I, it was cool having the MLS next goalkeepers compete. Like, shout out to Xavier Valdez, uh, uh, Houston Dynamo, Houston Dynamo two goalkeeper, uh, great guy. I consider him a good friend. 
Um, but like, yeah, uh, we need more goalie wars. That was more fun. I had more fun watching the goalie wars than I had watching <laughs> the, the skills challenge. So that, that's just my thing. But skill challenge, I feel like maybe we need to be more creative with the challenges because it, it got repetitive. There's, it's just too much target shots, dude. Like, can we, is that all you can think of for soccer players is just hitting targets? Like, come on, let's, let's, let's get more creative here with, with the creativity of skills challenge. Uh, and then the all-star game. The all-star game ended with Arsenal just outclassing, uh, the MLS all-stars 5-0. I'm going to tell you this. Like, there's a... So, just an understanding. The MLS All-Stars, like, they literally get there and maybe train twice. Right? They train twice. And so, after that, then they go and, you know, play... Expected to play a, a game against a team that is going through their preseason training. So, they have trained multiple times together also you got to remember that this team especially the team that we're using arsenal for for this one because arsenal was the team that was featured in it have already played a whole season together so they had their chemistry already and then even if with the new signings like majority of the team still has played together and they have experience together so like and i mean the only thing that you would say is like benefits the mls players is that the mls players um are in season, right? And whereas the the Arsenal, the guys from Arsenal, they're in their preseason, so they're actually trying to get back into fitness, into the fitness level to play for the English Premier League. So, like, if anything, that was the only advantage that the MLS All Stars had. But at the end of it all, the chemistry just wasn't there as like what Arsenal had. And so, I think that that could be a benefit. It could be like the issue uh, as to why Arsenal won five 0 because it was just. Just really, it was just a masterclass. So, I think for the games, for the MLS All-Star game, I think, and I get it, like, why you would invite a team like Arsenal or a team like Juventus or a team like Real Madrid or a team like Chelsea. Like, those teams, I get why you invite them, and it's obviously to, like, get some money in, get, like, a chance to have, like, this big European club come play against your your, your All-Stars. But, like, it's not fun when you're getting beat out, like, 5-0. So and then it's not fun when the all the the team that does come in chooses not to play their stars and chooses to play like some of their stars and sprinkle in a few like academy players, well not academy, but like a few like reserve players. So it's like, and and so that's like the issue of of that. And, and so like for me, I I would say, I would say personally, um. Yeah. <sighs> I would take the hit. I, I would take the hit. Like, if, if, if I lose money because, like, Arsenal or I choose not to invite a team like Arsenal or Chelsea or Manchester City, then that's fine. Because, like, the thing is, is it, it, it still doesn't look good when you're getting beat 5 0. Like, I think, and it might be a huge risk, but, like, maybe do MLS versus MLS, like, East versus West, uh, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, or USA versus World Team. Like, let's see, let's see if the domestic players could beat the the international players like let's see that or i think that would be another cool thing um or or which i liked it i enjoyed it very much it was when mls and liga mekis faced off against each other like the last two uh all-star games i actually enjoyed thoroughly because liga mekis and mls like they were fun games um i think one it's a great way to build up leagues cup because 
literally the All-Star game went right into League's Cup. So this would have been a great way to start League's Cup. Uh, was like, hey, we have this All-Star game. We're having them do these skills challenges. And then now we're going to have this big All-Star game. And then, bam, all right, we're into the League's Cup. I think that that would have been a little bit more cooler. I think Liga Meggies has this following here in the United States. So for, as far as getting a crowd, I think you would still get a pretty good crowd. So uh, that was like one thing that I think could improve. It can definitely improve it. I, me, I'm all for Liga, the MLS versus Liga Meggies one, especially because like, like I said, it does segue right into Liga Mech, into the League's Cup. Um, but the selection process has to be better, man. Look, for people that are going to complain about, oh my god, like they really didn't have, it's not really an all-star team. It's only, you know, look, when you have a fan vote, and this is for every all-star game ever, like NFL Pro Bowl, uh, MLB all-star game, NBA all-star game, it is a popularity contest. You think LeBron James should be in the, uh, in the NBA all-star game every year? No. But the reason why, like, is because he's a big name. People want to see LeBron James. So, like, when the MLS All Stars get announced, yeah, like you're you're gonna see you're gonna see like the 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 players that fans voted for. You're gonna see Hector Herrera. You're gonna see Chicharito. You're gonna see Carlos Vela. You're gonna see Ricky Puy. You're gonna see uh, Messi. You're gonna see those guys because people are voting for those guys, even if they have terrible seasons. Those guys are the people that they want to see. So like for me, like people complaining about the All Star selection, like pick another thing to complain about because that's that's every all-star that's every league that ha- has that issue so i i think you have to one use the vote like so have the team selected through the vote but there has to be a caveat and the caveat is that you have to have someone represented by each team which is something that mlb does very that does mlb does so i think major mo- all of it all all of the all-star votes needs to come from the vote the fan votes because that's who the fans want to see but make sure that each team is represented in the votes that is to me the important part that each team does have a representative even if it's just one player has a representative in the in the league in the which is crazy you know i I know it sounds a, a lot because especially we're talking about like 30 fucking teams but which would be essentially 30 players um but I, I think that there has to be, and it doesn't have to be all of them playing in the game. They, like, you can have like certain guys competing in, in the skills challenge. Like it doesn't have to be the all-stars also playing in the skills challenge. You can have non all-star players compete in the skills challenge. Uh, cause like, I mean, you don't, you know, I'm trying to think of baseball play. Um, like the slam dunk contest, the slam dunk contest consisted of no all-stars. It was just guys that wanted to compete in the all-star in the slam dunk competition. Like the three point, the three point challenge, like it's only guys that have good three point, uh, three point shooting, uh, percentage. So like, you don't necessarily have to have those guys compete in the skills challenge. Like you can get like, you can invite guys that have better touch of the ball, have a better percentage of shooting for crosses. Uh, the, you can essentially have the best goalkeepers in MLS, you know, competing goalie wars, the guys that are leading in clean sheets, things like that. Like I think that it doesn't necessarily ha- like, the, the, the all-star game selection is the all-star game selection. It doesn't have to involve the, the skills challenge or anything like that. But, but like, make sure, I, I guess for like the representation of them, each team might be a little bit difficult. But maybe we can broaden that up by having every club like included in some sort of event in the all-star week. Um, and then 
For me, the commissioner should only be allowed to make one pick, uh, allowed to add two players. And I mean, those two players, I would think one has to represent teams that aren't currently already selected for the all-star team. So, like, I think that that's something that the commissioner should only have, should only have two picks. But most, like, I don't think coaches should have a pick. Um, which Wayne Rooney, instead of picking, uh, Stephen Fry, he picked, uh, Tyler Miller. I think that's his name from D- his goalkeeper from DC United. So, like, I think that there needs to be a better job, uh, with honoring the select, the fan vote and, and making sure that the fans get with the players, the players into the All-Star game. Because, like, obviously that's the players that the fans want to see play in the All-Star game. And it would be cool to see. The you know fans get like that would be more of an of a reason for fans to go and watch the all go to the All Star game is to see their favorite player compete in the All Star game, um, but yeah I think All Star all no All Star was it was an All Star week I don't think there's not a lot of people that would say like that the Pro Bowl is like they look forward to the Pro Bowl they don't it's not a very it's not usually a competitive game same thing with the NBA All Star game I don't watch the NBA All the only thing I watch from the NBA All Star is the three point challenge. The celebrity game and the and the slam dunk contest and that's kind of now of an asterisk a little bit now. MLB also I'm not watching the MLB All Star game. I'm watching the the home run derby and the celebrity softball game. Um, uh, NHL I don't even watch the NHL All Star game to be honest, but I think I would probably enjoy watching this their skills challenge more than I would actually watch the hockey game. Um, but like that's like every league. The game itself isn't really that great because it's just not going to be a competitive game. It's probably going to be a little bit dull anyways. You kind of already know what's coming because the train, the obviously you're only getting two, two days of training together to really get like some sort of chemistry. So it's not going to be a good game, but in hindsight, I think it would make, uh, at least more fun for the fans to watch. So those are just my thoughts about the MLS all-star game. Uh, that's just my opinion. Like I get it, but that is what I think. But, all right, Major League Soccer, man. So, because we're in the League's Cup, we're kind of now in that, like, halfway point where we can really look at the league, uh, see see who's on top of what, and and maybe get a good idea of what, what is to come in the second half of the season. So, let's get going to it. But before we do, man... This this uh, recap of the set of the first half of the MLS season is brought to you by Canadips. What are Canadips? Canadips, a great tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip, using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. It is all flavor, no tobacco, no nicotine, and the pouches are spit free. It comes in five core flavors: wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango. And American spice. It is crafted and manufactured in Humboldt County, California, the heart of the cannabis industry. Here's the thing, man. Traditional dip is a hassle. It is addictive. It's messy. And it's just so fucking old. Other alternatives are just not good enough for guys today. And in the end of it all, it's still addictive. It's still messy. And it still just tastes terrible. So what does Canadips do? Is that they use 100% American grown hemp combined with a water dispersible technology. So it absorbs rapidly, which develops a way to deliver CBD through the mouth that no one else has so that you can actually enjoy it. Um, and so where can you find this? Obviously, go to CanadaDipsCBD.com. Once again, CanadaDipsCBD.com. And you use the code BELLYUP20. And you'll save yourself 20% off your purchase. Once again, use the code BELLYUP20 to, to save yourself 20% off your purchase. Can- Thank you to Canadips for being partnered with BellyUp Sports. 
All right, so on the table right now, the teams that are looking outside in 10th place with 29 points is Club de Foot de Montreal. Uh, with 26 points in 11th place is the New York Red Bulls. With 26, also with 26 points in 12th place is Charlotte FC. With on 13th place with 26 points, New York City FC. Toronto FC with 19 points sitting at 14th. And in dead last in 15th place with 18 points is Inter Miami. So obviously, Inter Miami is going to be the team that everybody's going to be following because of the fact that you have Lionel Messi, Sergio Busquets, you just got Jordi Alba. You're working on getting Andres Iniesta. Apparently, Sergio Aguero is also rumored into there. It's, it's getting crazy with Inter Miami. But the question is going to be, can, can this Inter Miami team with now having Tata Martino as your coach as well, out of all that stuff, could they make a push to the playoffs? And that's kind of, it is a big stretch. It is a reach. It is honestly kind of far-fetched to think about Inter-Miami somehow making a run. So just to give you guys a frame of reference, Inter-Miami currently has five wins, three draws, and 14 losses. They have scored 22 goals and have allowed 36 goals, which gives them a goal differential of negative 14. This is the inner Miami team that we saw against Cruz Azul before Messi came, Messi and Sergio Busquets came on the field. That's the team that we saw. So, but we also saw what inner Miami could look when, once you do have Messi, Sergio Busquets in the mix. And you can only imagine what it's going to look like once you add a Jordi Alba, maybe an Andres Iniesta, and maybe a Sergio Ramos to shore up that back line. Like, could that improve? Could that improve the situation? At, at Inter Miami. And I think, and this is me, it's fairly possible. And, and, and this is where I'm, I'm coming off of it. So, 18 points. Currently in ninth place is DC United with 30. That is a 12 point difference. 12 points. That's, I mean, obviously, as games progress, that that could change drastically. But you're talking about a 12-point difference. That's four matches. Four wins could get you bumped up to 30. Am I am I saying that Inter Miami is just gonna find is just gonna win out every game? Not necessarily, but I think that their second half is going to look better than definitely the first half. And so, my thinking is, I think. Inter Miami can get in a playoff spot. And so I don't know if I want to put my money where my mouth is, but I'm going to go ahead and and put in a jersey bet. I'm going to give away a jersey if Inter Miami can make the playoffs. If Inter Miami makes the playoffs, I will do a jersey giveaway. I will give away a Lionel Messi Inter Miami jersey uh to a fan uh, and I'll post it on Instagram and Twitter that if Inter Miami makes it to the playoffs, and, and I, I'll say this: if they finish in eighth or ninth, that does not count as playoffs. But if they were to win that playoff that that playoff series and get into the M- MLS playoffs, I will count that. So, so I'm gonna and I'll mention that on social media. So make sure you guys make sure you guys read thoroughly because. They have to make the MLS Cup playoffs, not the playoff series. They have to make the MLS Cup playoffs in order for me to do the jersey giveaway. So 
that is going to be my giveaway. I'm going to point that out. Um, but let's look at the rest of the table. So in that playoff uh, series, DC United with 30 points sitting in ninth place. Chicago Fire sitting in eighth place with 32 points. Um, like I said, they're not that like this could change drastically because right behind them is Mon- Club de Foot de Montreal with 29, and then you have New York Red Bulls, Charlotte FC, and New York City FC. Uh, also right behind you with 26. So I say that region could definitely change a lot. Atlanta United at seven could fall off as well. Land United definitely looks look pretty bad, especially against uh, Inter Miami. Um, that could that area could change. Like in all actuality, it is especially in that. Actually, everybody's close to each other except except for the the leaders. But like this whole from second all the way all the way down to thirteenth could probably change a lot. Could probably change a lot drastically uh, because you know. Who's to say people get injured? Who's to say people make a run? Who's to say all those stuff? So, I think that especially in the play the playoff scheme, it's not set in stone. I don't think it's set in stone at all. Um, but Chicago and DC United right now are in that, in that playoff group. Um, Atlanta United is in that first playoff spot at seventh place with thirty five points. Columbus Crew in sixth place with thirty six points. Uh, Orlando City with thirty seven points, sitting in fifth. In fourth place, you have Nashville. With 38 points, um, Nashville just added a striker, which would help because they're definitely they're the best team right now in the Eastern Conference defensively. And so adding more firepower could improve Nashville's odds to improve where they are at. So I keep an eye out for Nashville. That's my team to watch in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Philadelphia Union sitting at third with 40 points. New England Revolution at second with 43 points, and leading the charge, I believe they're the Yes, they are. They are currently the front runners for the supporter shield, and that is FC Cincinnati with 51 points. Um, this team has looked amazing. They've looked really good this season. Um, so, and I, I think that there's a lot of reasons you can attest to that, and we'll get to that when we, we talk about uh, stat leaders. But right now, for me, the team to keep an eye on, the three teams to keep an eye on. One is Inter Miami. I think that they can. They can kind of make a run, not necessarily like a run for a, a deep run, but they can definitely make a run for that, at least that eighth or ninth place spot. Um, so keep an eye on them. Uh, Nashville, they just added a new striker. We'll see how that elevates them because right now they need to score goals. They can def- they defend really well, but they need to score goals. Um, I think FC Cincinnati, can they maintain what they have done in this first half of the season? Can they follow it through? So those are my three teams to watch is Inter-Miami, Nashville, and FC Cincinnati. Um, I expect some sort of fall off with FC Cincinnati, not necessarily like a drastic one, um, just because it's like, to me, it's still a fairly young team, um, especially as teams are trying to get better. Um, but I, I think Cincinnati could be a really, it's going to be a really fun team to watch this, uh, this coming, this kind of, the second half of the season. But that is the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference, now in the teams that are right now outside of any sort of playoff hope right now. In 10th place, you have Minnesota United with 28 points sitting at 10th. Sporting Kansas City sitting at 11 with 26 points. Also with 26 points sitting at 12 is Portland Timbers. In 13th in 13th place uh, is LA Galaxy with 22 points. And 
in 14 plays, you have Colorado with 19 points. This is a lot more open, um, I think, uh, for any of these teams. Um, I mean, it, it really depends on what they able to, what some of these teams are able to accomplish in the transfer window. LA Galaxy has been such a disappointment, uh, but they're also not out of it. They're not fully out of it yet. I, I really don't think so. Colorado, mm, I mean, they've only won three games, but they've also drawn ten times. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think the team with the most losses is actually is actually Kansas City. Um, but it, it just goes to show you, man, you gotta win matches, and I think that's what's hurting Colorado's. I mean, they're getting draws, but they're not they're not winning. Um, but LA Galaxy has just been such a disappointment this season. Chicharito's out for the year. So it's, it's really up there. Like, who's going to step up for LA? Um, maybe they find some form, but I, I don't think things are going to get any better in LA right now. Um, Portland, Portland and Sporting Kansas City can, is a team that I still never, like, I don't underestimate, underestimate them. So I can, I can see them make a push as well. Um, though, I mean, Sporting Kansas City has already played like 25 matches. I think they have the most games at hand. Than any other team, so that could, that's a big yikes for them. Minnesota, I mean, keep an eye on Minnesota. I think that they definitely have the best. I mean, obviously because they're tenth place, but definitely have a good shot at getting them improving their position um, to get out to get into a playoff position. All right, in that playoff series, we currently have an uh, a Texas Derby set up with in ninth place. You have the Houston Dynamo with twenty nine points, and FC Dallas sitting at eighth with thirty points. They're also not far off from the teams that are in the playoff spot, but obviously, you know, Houston Dynamo, they need to, they need to score goals. I'm, I'm just going to be honest, man. Uh, they need to score goals. Cause right now, Houston Dynamo have 10 losses and they, they have the same lo- number of losses as the LA Galaxy and Colorado does. The only thing that's different is that they've won games. <laughs> they've won eight games so far, but the Dynamo have scored 26 goals and have allowed 31, giving them goal differential of negative five. The thing is with Dynamo, and they're actually really good. Def- they're, they've actually improved a lot defensively, but they still do not have an answer at the striker position. Uh, Abraham, Abraham is, is looked, has had his moments, but like, aside from him, from being fast, I don't, I don't necessarily see what he brings. It's, uh, there's like still things that are still kind of like left up in the air for me for him. Um, Corey, ba- like, your front, your front is just not good, man. And and you know, obviously, they just loaned out Sebastian Ferreira, so you still don't, you don't have a DP spot open. You do have an international spot open. What's gonna happen there? I don't know. But like the Dynamo are in a really in a situation where they need a true number nine. Sebastian Ferreira was essentially to me was a true number nine, but he didn't fit to Ben Olsen's system, and and so that's the issue. Plus, there's some other things I'm not gonna say because I'm 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 just out of respect for the Houston Dynamo, even even with the the fact that they released me. Like I'm gonna still give them that respect. Um, but I think I think the issue is just like uh, the Dynamo. If they don't get better, especially in the attacking end, they are going to not make the playoffs. They don't score a lot of goals, man. There's teams beneath them that score more goals than them. Um, and and so that that that's got to tell you something. But they they need to start scoring goals because if they're not, they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, yes, they've gotten better from last year, but mind you, last year they were at the bottom. So 
there's only there's only one way to go at that point if you're going to judge it off of last season and so they need to get better they just they just need to get better period so just that's my thoughts about the Houston Dynamo FC Dallas kind of kind of been very like mid and I the only reason why I say that is cuz eight wins, six draws, nine losses they scored 25 goals but they've also allowed 26 so very very like mid mid is probably the best way to describe FC Dallas um but they need to turn things turn some things around i think uh dealing with some injuries so or i don't i don't know what necessarily was going on i know sebastian legea was dealing with a whole lot of shit with the whole cheating on becky chi thing um which i mean maybe that maybe that benefits he maybe that was like a a distraction for him maybe he's he's gotten better but yeah like i think with these two if they want to improve their situation they got to just they just got to start uh, being able to score goals a lot more. I think that's the, the whole thing is they got to start scoring more because these two can easily just fall off and not be in the playoffs, period. Like the playoff game, I don't count as a playoff game as a play, as, as counting as the playoffs, but like if they don't, if they don't get better, if they're not going to, if they don't start scoring goals, I, they're going to, I think they're just out. They're just going to be out in general. But now let's look at the playoff teams. In seventh place, you have uh, Vancouver Whitecaps with 31. Uh, six, you have San Jose Earthquakes with 32. Also with 32 in fifth place, Austin FC. Uh, in fourth place, you have the Seattle Sounders with 36. And third, you have Ralph Salt Lake with 37. In second, you have LAFC with 37 points. And in first place, you have the new Fran- the new expansion team of MLS, St. Louis SC with 41 points. Yeah, they, they've just, I think obviously the addition of Roman of Roman Berkey at goalkeeper w- was very good. Even with their injuries, they still look really strong. Um, you know, LAFC is going to be LAFC. But I I mean, so the storylines the story the teams to follow especially in the second half is St. Louis SC. They're the expansion team. They are literally the newest team in MLS. Can they keep up what they've accomplished so far in the season because LAFC is like LAFC and Real Salt Lake are both right behind them. So the they're Leading the league in goals scored with 43, uh, which I believe, I believe they, yeah, they lead the league in goals scored. Then their next one is New England with 42, but they are literally leading the league in goal scoring. Um, LAFC, um, I, th- no, so St. Louis FC, definitely the team to follow, see how they do in the second half. Real Salt Lake is another team to keep an eye on because, I mean, Diego Luna, is definitely one to talk about a future promising American player. Hopefully we see him uh, with the senior team at some point for USA. But yeah, Real Soleil, keep an eye on him. Uh, Rubio Ruben from Guatemala also plays there. So keep an eye on Real Soleil. And um, um, LA Galaxy. I'm just going to say keep an eye on LA Galaxy. Not that they're going to make a run or anything like that, but I just there's a lot of shit going on. Like Maybe someone gets fired, possibly. So keep an eye on for LA Galaxy. Personally, you know I'm gonna watch the Houston Dynamo because it's it's my team. But um, yeah, it, that's for me. But that is the Eastern and Western Conference. All right. So the stat leaders right now. So the current the so the I'm gonna just show you the top. I'm gonna just tell you guys they're sitting at first, second, and third because there's a lot. 
In clean sheets, the current clean sheet leader is Stephen Fry with 11 saves for Seattle Sounders. In second place, you have Jonathan Tiroz from Mont- uh, Club de Foot de Montreal with 10 se- uh, clean sheets. And then in third place, you have Roman Solitano from FC Cincinnati with 9. So, 9 clean sheets. Obviously a good indication of a team that is doing really well in MLS. Um, goal, actually, all, all three of these teams are, are I think are in playoff position. The goals, the leading goal scorers right now. In first place, you have Hanny Mukhtar with 13. In second, you got Luciano Acosta from Cincinnati. And Dennis Boanga uh, from LAFC with 12 goals. So there's a tie for second place. And in third, you have Christian Espinosa from San Jose Earthquakes with 11 goals. Um, so back-to-back since Cincinnati being featured uh, on another uh, category. And then the assist leaders. This is where it's going to get fucking crazy. In first place, you have Thiago Almada from Atlanta United with nine uh, assists. In second, you have a tie between Brooks Lennon from Atlanta United, Hanny Mukhtar from Nashville SC, Leo Chu from Seattle Sounders, uh, all with seven assists. And in third place, we have Alexandru Matan from Colorado, Carles Gil from New England, Cucho Hernandez from Columbia, uh, from Columbus Crew, um, Hector Herrera from the Houston Dynamo, Lucas Alarion from the Columbus Crew, Luciano Acosta from C- FC Cincinnati, and Ryan Gold of the Vancouver Whitecaps, all with six assists. So, <clears throat> there's obviously three times I've mentioned FC Cincinnati player in each of the categories, which is a good indication as to why they are where they are in the Eastern Conference. Probably a good reason why they're doing so well. <clears throat> if I had to say who I think right now are the front runners for for uh, MVP, obviously Hany Mukhtar looking to could probably be a strong candidate for to repeat as MVP. But also keep an eye on Luciano uh, Luciano Acosta of FC Cincinnati. Man, FC Cincinnati currently in in front for the Supporter Shield. He's he's second in goal scoring and is also uh, third in assists. Like he's do- being very impactful. He's the captain of, of FC Cincinnati, um, but I think clearly is is a, a, a real indicator as to why FC Cincinnati is where they are. Um, I would personally give it to Luciano Acosta. I mean, Heine Mukhtar is also ahead of him in these categories, so that's kind of a reason to just. And also, Nashville is doing their thing right now, so also to point out. But I would say Heine Mukhtar and Luciano Acosta are 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 at least my picks for. For MVP, I can't think of a third one right now, but um, Acosta and Mukhtar are to me are like the top ones. I would give it to Acosta, but that's just me. But that is the uh, midway point of the MLS season. Uh, hopefully, the second half is going to be very fun to watch. And we're still in Leagues Cup. Uh, I think we're going to be wrapping that up in a bit soon. But Players of the Week, man, Players of the Week is brought to you by In the Clutch. In the Clutch is an amazing, and amazing, and amazing apparel company partner with the players associations of major league soccer major league baseball national basketball association and so much more these shirts are amazing they feel great they pass the fat boy test according to kelsey coin of high low sports um they're just like i said the material is amazing and the designs are incredible um i am a big astros fan if you guys didn't know um so i do have a jeremy pena shirt a kyle tucker t-shirt um I think that's all I got so far about Astros gear. And then I have a, it's called soccer shirt commemorating USA's tie with England and also a football is life shirt, which is a quote from Ted Lasso that 
now I'm not a fraud because I've actually seen Ted Lasso completely. But amazing shirts, great designs, man. Go ahead and check them out in theclutch.com. Use the code insert name at checkout and you'll save yourself 10% off your purchase. Once again, in theclutch.com, use the code insert name, save yourself 10% off your purchase. So Edwards player of the week is Ade Borges, who scores a hat trick in her World Cup debut in Brazil's 4-0 victory against Panama. And my player of the week is Lionel Messi, who scores his, the first, his first Inter Miami goal and the winning goal for Inter Miami's 2-1 victory against Cruz Azul. You can also mention his two-goal performance against, uh, <laughs> against, uh, Atlanta United as well, if you want to add there as well. But it is posted on social media. It's going to be there on, on, on the stories for, for Instagram and it's going to be on our, on a tweet on Twitter at insert name FC for Instagram and Twitter. Um, go ahead and vote for who you think should be player of the week. Um, and obviously it goes on to our tally for the Roosevelt Spencer's player of the year award. So go ahead and get to it. Um, here are some games to look forward to this coming weekend. Just a little guide in case you guys want to guys want to be in the know. All right. For friendlies, we got Barcelona versus Real Madrid It is going to be in Arlington, Texas. I'm not going there because I can't afford a ticket there. But it's going to be a fun one to watch. Manchester City versus Atletico Madrid. And Manchester United taking on Borussia Dortmund. Those are going to be some fun friendlies, especially here for the U.S. preseason tour. Though I think Manchester City and Atletico Madrid is not in Houston. I mean, not in the U.S. In uh, the Women's World Cup, we have England versus Denmark. Sweden versus Italy. France versus Brazil. South Korea versus Morocco. Switzerland versus New Zealand. And Germany versus Colombia. Uh, for League's Cup, we're going to have Cruz Azul versus Atlanta United. A lot of in, in, uh, implications there. Both of them have felt the wrath of Lionel Messi. Both of them are going to try to make it into the next round of League's Cup. So they definitely need to... One of them, somebody's got to win it. Um, so for that one. Santos Laguna taking Orlando City SC. So Orlando beat uh, Houston Dynamo in penalties. Santos Laguna lost to the Houston Dynamo in penalties. So... It is still wide open as to who would come out, but I believe if Orlando, if Orlando, I think if San Laguna's win the penalties, it's going to be a three-way tie, and then the win, the winner is going to have to go by goal differential, or Orlando City just wins it outright. I think San, if Santos Laguna also wins it outright, that also change, that also move, advances them, but then Orlando City and Houston Dynamo I think goes to goal differential, so definitely a lot to. Unravel on that one, but Dynamo still have a chance to make it to the least cup playoffs. Um, Pumas versus DC United, Atlas versus Toronto FC, Monterrey versus Seattle Sounders, and Tigres versus San Jose Earthquakes. So, those are some games to look into as this coming weekend. Make sure you guys, obviously, there's always more games to watch, but this is a good guide if you guys want to go ahead and use that as an advantage. But, alright, so I'm going to go ahead and take one more break and then we'll get going with. Uh, closing the show up. Sorry. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right. 
So, I'm really thinking about a closing thought, but I don't think <laughs> I don't really have anything to think about right now. Um, uh, you know what? All right. So this this is soccer related. It kind of, it happened in the Women's World Cup. So there was a kind of like a controversy that happened. Um, obviously, the World Cup is in New Zealand, Australia. There's a lot of Polynesian culture uh, in in that region, um, and in New Zealand specifically, I think it's more specifically with Polynesian culture. But New Zealand obviously is 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 it does have a lot of Polynesian culture in there. Um, so they have a celebra not a celebration, but a tradition that they do. It's called the haka. Um, I'm not going to try to like explain to you what the haka is because I don't, I really don't necessarily know it, but it is a, an, a custom of the culture, uh, for Polynesian. And it, it, um, uh, it's from how I, my perspective of it is some sort of war cry or just, just it, it, to me, it's honestly like the coolest thing that I get to get to see is, uh, seeing like, Polynesian people from uh, that are Poly- that are Polynesian perform the haka because it's it's a it's a really interesting thing and it's really cool to watch. Um, the New Zealand national team, like everyone, performs the haka before for pregame, and um, and so it's one of the the one of the many unique things that New Zealand culture has. I think more specifically towards its Polynesian culture, um, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, the players are in New Zealand for the World Cup. And so I guess their social media team, and uh, I don't think it's more towards the players. I think it's more so the social media team, or maybe it was the players, but more so the social media team uh, thought it would be a cool, I- a cool idea to have the players, which is specifically the Dutch and Spanish team. I don't know if anybody else did it, but uh, attempted to do a haka, the 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 the, the perform a haka, and obviously it was incorrect. I think in general, maybe if you're the social media person and you thought that that was a great idea, um, that person definitely needs to be fired. Um, cause it, it's not something that just anybody can do. Uh, I think it's, I don't, and I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper cause I'm not, but obviously in hindsight, it, it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to be anything positive was going to come from it. Um, which did happen. It did offend, it did offend. <laughs> it, it actually did defend, uh, uh, some of the tribes or, I'm not going to say all of them, but definitely offended some people, um, when they did it. And so I don't know if the Dutch did, but I know for sure the Spanish national team, uh, they attended, uh, uh, I think a center for one of the Polynesian tribes, um, and watched them, you know, learn about their culture and then, uh, issued an apology. Like I said, I don't know if the Dutch did, but it was one of those things where it's just like, there's a moment I think that everybody has where you think about it and it's like, should I be doing this? And I think that there was a moment when the players were doing the haka and someone had a camera or a phone or a camera phone, whatever they had, um, and recorded it and was about to post it on social media. There had to at least been a moment. And if they didn't, then wow. Um, but at that moment, you have to really think, is this something I should be posting? And, um, and if you say yes, and the back, like at that point, you accepted the possibility. I think any, if you post anything on social media, you prepare yourself for the back, the, the immediate backlash that's going to come from it. 
But um, I think uh, this was just it, it, it was just what it was. Like I think it was clear that they should have not done done it and participated in any way. But I think the fact that like once again this goes back to like one of the things that I've said uh, that kind of bugs me about like the world today is like not everything has to be shared on social media. Like not everything. It's like uh you know the I forgot the player now, but. The guy that kicked the cat and posted it on Snapchat. Like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to post it. Um, it's one of those things that, like, I feel like every, everyone thinks, like, oh, I just did this. Let me, like, not everybody cares about what you did. Like, you can, you can, like, do something. It was funny that moment, but it doesn't have to be recorded and then put on social media because you think everyone should see it. Not everything has to be, like, published out for the world to see. Uh, some, like, I, I, there is, like, some worth in just having your own privacy. And I think it's a, it's ironic that I say this as I have a podcast. But, like, it, it's, it's things like that. And, like, this, like, I don't think this should have, have, have ever, like, saw anybody's, anybody should have not saw this. And, and like, the social, like, whoever posted it, uh, if, if it is social media related. And I, actually, you know what? This kind of does kind of tie in with another thing that happened. So, Kind of involved social media as well. So whoever was the social media person for Atlas definitely needs to get fired because they decided to quote a Nazi um, <laughs> for uh, for uh, for a game in a game that they won. They won the game, but they were like kind of complaining about a call that was made, uh, an offside call, and they were just like and 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 to show their like displeasurement of that of a game they won by the way, but a call that they did not like. They quoted a Nazi. To, and uh, and it's like at that moment, and like once again, where is the moment? Where is th- there needs to be that moment when you look at that, you read it, you proofread it, your social media manager proofreaded this and was like, "Yeah, this is it." In no way, in any situation, should anybody be quoting a Nazi. It's like, in no way should we be quoting Nazis. Uh, There's no situation where quoting a Nazi would be any ideal to be... Yeah, that's fitting for this scenario. Like, to me, this was just like, oh my god. But they did it, and like, um, they obviously issued an apology because they had to, because... Who fucking quotes a Nazi? But the funny thing to me was this, the fact that they complained about it. And I get it. Like, there's calls that happen. And, like, yeah, we need to fix that. We need to do better with the uh, officiating and all that. But you won the game. Like, I mean, like, I don't even know what happened. I don't know if it was a goal. Like, did you want to win from by another goal or whatever? The hell? I, I really, like, that game became a blur to me because it just got distracted from the Nazi quote. But, like, yeah, I, I think that... <laughs> Once again, people, we need to start, <laughs> we need to start having that thought, like, should I be doing this? Should I be posting this? Should I be sharing this? Because, like, I don't think we're doing that enough. I don't think we're doing that enough in this world because, like, we're still doing some really questionable shit. Um, it's, it's, it's insane to me. Like, not everything needs to be out there in the world, like, to, like that. Like, your business is your business, man. Like, I kind of kind of want to talk about Adam Twenty Two, but I'm not gonna do that. But um, but yeah, that was just insane to me. That that whole thing was was bizarre. But um, but yeah, that's my thought. That's my closing thoughts. 
Uh, shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network, man. Follow them at Belly Up Sports and at Belly Up Media. Also, check out their website, bellyupsports.com, man. If you guys, uh, I am doing some writing now, so if you guys want to check out uh, any of my writing there, go ahead and check it out. It's probably gonna be, I'm probably going to be the only one writing about soccer, at least in, in in at least near near right now. But but yeah, so there's that. Um, also, shout out to Roosevelt Spencer, man. He creates the beats, the intros, the outros for this podcast. He also edits uh, the singing beds. Um, so go ahead and check him out on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. If you guys need some beef work done, uh, go ahead, go ahead and hit up Spencer, man. He takes really good care of you. Just see how well he takes great care of us. So, um, that is all I got to say. Thank you so much for listening to episode 137. And, uh, hopefully Edward is available for next week for episode 138. But till then, man, take care, guys.